Download the Cliff Central app. Available now on the Apple App Store and Google Play Store. Cliff Central cameos on CliffCentral.com. Good afternoon, everybody. It's Lorraine Maisel here with Laughter Therapy. I hope everybody's well. I'm doing a stand-in show, um, a little um, little show on my own with um, a, a, a special guest that I've asked to come in. Um, I just want to catch up with everybody else, what's out there, what's going on, just a little bit about me, what I've been up to. Um, having some good times. Life is funny and laughter and full of, uh, full of good times. Um, I have been traveling quite a bit. Went to Italy, um, for a day or two just to go for a PR function, which was so interesting. Um, for Luxottica. Um, and we spoke about sunglasses. It was absolutely fantastic travel. Well, obviously I went shopping. That's the story of my life. Love that. Spent a day in, on the streets of Milan. Um, checking out, um, there was also a little bit of a, um, a design, uh, in Darba thing in, in, in Italy at the time. And I popped into a couple of those and looked at a couple of, um, design things, which were amazing. It's so inspirational. Um, traveled, been up and down to Cape Town, in and out, going to see the press room, working on a couple of events. The Mall of Africa obviously has been the, the, the big talk of, of what's been going around Joburg at the moment. Um, I had a couple of events there, did the, my Converse event, did a polo event, did a whole lot of different events um, there. And now the next event that I'm working on is the South African Music Awards, the Psalms, which is on the 4th of June. Uh, Duncan, you can speak if you want to. Duncan's with me again, and um, my special guest will be with you in a few minutes. Um, yeah, just to talk about the Psalms, uh, exciting stuff for South African music, obviously. The South African Music Awards is going to be held in Durban on the 4th of June. Um, yeah, I'm doing the goodie bag room, which is so exciting because it's, it's very exclusive, um, special people. Only a small amount of people get a goodie bag. Um, and they get to choose what they want, um, in this goodie bag room. So we got to be, uh, set up in the, um, RCC in Durban from Wednesday, the, I think it's the 1st of June. And then the most important thing is my birthday on the 7th. How fab is that? I'm getting another year old and another year wiser. 7th of June. Anybody wants to send me any um, happy birthday wishes? It's Lorraine Maisel. At <laughs> Lorraine Maisel. Uh, Twitter, uh, Facebook, and Instagram. Um, I have a very special lady here with me today who um, I've known probably about two years. How long have you been going to the gym? Probably longer. Three, four years. Three, four years. Okay, so... It's just amazing how networking is so important and talking to people in the most obscure places. And I suppose Jim is the one. But, um, Laurie. Thank you. Laurie and I have been going to gy- the same gym for four or five years. There we go. Three, four, five years. And we just got, hello, hello. And then how are you? And then hello. And then the past couple of months, um, she brought out a, an amazing book um, and very kindly has given me a copy, which unfortunately I have not had a chance to read, which I will get around to reading this year sometime. I'm a shocker. Um, Start with chapter five, earn your time. Uh, there we go. Chapter five. I've written it down. Chapter five. I will start on chapter five. Yeah, I need to own my time. I need to, when I, when I get home at night and I'm trying to, like, 
unwind, I start playing games on my iPad. So I think that's a, pr- a problem that I think I need to look at. <laughs> like, do you play games and just veg for like 20 minutes before you fall asleep? Or do you read your book? I have to read a book. Calms my brain, allows me to relax, calms the head, and then I can sleep. If I go straight to sleep, too much going on. Really? I need one of those massive concertina pillows. My husband tells me my head is too big. There's too much going in inside. Oh, my God. I can't. I, you know what? The thinking. minute I start reading in bed at night, I fall asleep. I mean, even if I go into the internet and start reading like a story or something, I'm like, my eyes start dropping. That's and I, the point. No, but you see, I can't because then I forget half the things. I'm, I, I need to push buttons. I'm like, I'm playing Candy Crush or, or one of those, not Candy, what, I play, I play p- uh, Pet Rescue, which is so arbitrary and so pathetic. But you know when it's just like going back to your child, going yes. back to your inner child and being able to like achieve a silly little thing by getting rid of some blocks? And then you get points and then you get a prize and. Mm, and that's what happens things. to me at night. I literally, I literally, that's what I need to do just to get some, like, downtime and some veg time. I mean, obviously, I get home at, like, half past eight most nights, have dinner, climb into bed, up at four o'clock, five, five o'clock, I get up, and off to the gym to see you again. So, anyway, so we got chatting in the gym a couple of months ago about what Laurie does. Yes. <laughs> Finally. And finally finding out what you do. So tell me a little bit about you. Who are you? Where do you come from? What are you all about? And we can go from there. Okay. So I'm Laurie Milner. My business I started in 2011 is called Beyond the Dress. Do you know Lawrence Milner? I don't. Uh, okay, I think I've asked you that one. Okay, just it's, it's a whole Jewish thing, you know. It's you have to six argue. Deg- I'm sure in six degrees of separation. Yeah, we yeah. I went out to the guy called Lawrence Milner. <laughs> when I was about 14 So it's just my uh, curious I'm sure Jewish geography We know each other somewhere. Yeah, somehow, somehow along the way <laughs> And I started Beyond the Dress in 2011 Which is really everything that's around modern working women And what I do now is I work with companies And I put together programs that help you bridge the gap Between work and personal life Because you can't separate the two anymore Oh yeah, that's my problem And on the journey of doing this, talking about networking and connections, I connected with Nadia Bilchik. Nadia and I were on Gareth's show in March after the book was launched and we co-authored Own Your Space, the toolkit for the working woman. And it's really a culmination of our experiences in the training room and the workshops we've run. And we interviewed over 35 South African women, different CEOs, directors from media to high court judges, and we've got their insights and stories. And really what my day-to-day is, that is going to be a good read so For any woman to read That is a good read It's an amazing any, read And it's yes. a South African story Yeah Why didn't you interview me? We hadn't got there <laughs> yet. We only really bonded <laughs> we, we, we bonded in the toilets <laughs> of the gym And then that was the end of the story We didn't know what each other did I was in fashion And I didn't yeah. even know what you were in. I thought you were a mummy. I remember when you were even I was pregnant. pregnant. Bless. She was so cute when she trained so hard until the right until the edge. Oh, I thought she was going to give birth in the gym. But we were, we didn't get that So far. we hadn't bonded yet. We bonded yeah. after it was written. And my day today is, I call myself a professional presence expert, personal branding expert. And I help you to come across as the best version of yourself. How to come into a room with confidence. How to... Become aware of your blind spots that could sabotage you. Okay. So let me ask a question about me. Um, What was your first impressions of me? 
<laughs> from the gym. I so, so just just talking. Just let's put it into let's put it into boxes. Gym, and then now that we've been working together and trying to do some business together, um, what can you can you separate those two? I can because your personality and who you are doesn't change, and you've always been dynamic. You've always been friendly. You've always been. You attract people. You've got an amazing energy, and you can see that. You're a doer, you're a fighter, you get stuff done. And then having have initial conversations and chatting and seeing where we can explore synergies, there's whatever you want to do, you know you will do it. That is your personality. If you decide on something, it is a bulldozer until you get there from point Mm. A to point B. Yeah, no, I am like that. I am. If I want something, I go out and get it and I fight for it. Uh, But it's hard in between the fights, you know, to get to that point. Um, and, and I know that there are lots of, there's different ways of getting to that point. There are a lot of ways, but I think the first thing and what I think you do very well is you know what you want. And a lot of people don't. And, and how do you, how do people, I mean, all right, I know what I want. And yes, it's always in the back of my mind and it's been there since I was a kid. Okay. I always wanted to be successful from failing grade one. To everything, to, to where I, where I've been in my, you know, to, to not even having a, a, a university and, uh, um, degree or not having anything and being, uh, remedial or dyslexic or whatever you want to call it. But I've always known that I've wanted to get there. So how do people who don't know what they want, how do they find their, how do they find their niche? How do they actually look at themselves and go, well, what do I want to do? And how do I get there? Woman, I'm talking woman. I'm not talking men. I think you don't have to know what the end looks like in order to start. If I look at my, and I'm coming back to your question, but if I look at where I started my career, it was in advertising. And that was purely because during my studies, I interned at an ad agency. They had a position the following year, and that's where I started my career. If I look back fast forward and say, well, would I have a book and be in training? I'd say, absolutely not. You must be mad. So it's not where you start, but take the lessons that you learn from it. What I learned from the ad world is around dealing with people. I mean, the people dynamics in an agency is unbelievable from the egos and clients and, but I deadlines and deadlines and and the pressure and and the stress. But I learned how business runs and I learned how to deal with people and I learned different personalities. And if I look back and I join the dots, I'm grateful that I started there because it's amazing tools. But to go back to say, well, how do people know? You've got a passion. You know there's something. If you think about, I mean, there's that famous saying that if if you had all the money in the world, what would you do? If you knew you couldn't fail, what would you do? So start asking travel. yourself. <laughs> oh, travel. I would just do nothing in travel. Land the beach, find a yacht, rich man, young. Yes, that's what I would do. But yeah. Cocktails but I hear and you. sunsets. Yes. But you've got something that you know you love. You've got something when you do it, it doesn't feel like work because you love it. Whether that be, and it doesn't mean you have to go start your own business. It could be starting working somewhere. Think about where your speciality lies, where your passion lies. Start there. may not be the field you're going to land up in, but start there. Learn the business. Learn how it works. Learn the skills. And as you go on, you'll get better at understanding where your strengths are and where your blind spots are and start focusing on your strengths. You don't have to go and make sure you crack every single weakness because there's no point in doing that. Focus on where your strengths are and keep building and building. Okay. 
what happens? I'm just, I'm doing a, a real hypothetical question here. I've got, uh, uh, there's, there, there, for me, there's two types of people. There's people who want to succeed and who are set a career in mind and they just go for it. And there are people who are happy to be in a job for the rest of their lives and work for somebody and go to work and be nine to five. And if that person that's a nine to five, it goes, I don't want to do this anymore and I want to do something else. How do they start with their goals? How do you start putting something into action? Do you start visualizing it? Do you start setting goals? Do you start writing things down? Do you start going, well, okay, I'm in accounts and I really want to do something else? Because there's actually a young lady that started with me in, in my company who um, actually is an accountant and all she wants to do is PR. And she moved up from Cape Town to come here and I happened to meet her and she's Temporarily employed with me at this particular point. So we're seeing how she works and how, you know, so it's almost like an internship, a small internship, because that's where people start these days is internships. Sure, but there's also things have changed. It's not where you start in a company, you work your way up, and eventually you're on the top rung of the ladder. You change your career six or seven times now. So there's nothing wrong. You get doctors that go into business, vice versa. You get people that True. study law, realize it's not for them. They go into the arts. They go into media. They go into something completely different because they realize, actually, I'm not that person anymore or I don't enjoy it. So there's nothing wrong with changing what you do. And as a starting point, I would speak to people who are successful in that field. So you may, in your mind, romanticize what it's really about. So if they're amazing people. And if you approach someone and it's the way that you do it, and if someone wanted to get into PR and phoned you and said, Lorraine, you are, you've mastered this industry. You are so successful. Can I spend half an hour with you? And can you share some insights with me? Or can I ask you some questions? You wouldn't say no. No, definitely not. I mean, I, so, not, not being, I do get one or two calls like that a year that I do. So that's a Always try point. and help people. It's so important for me that's giving back to, who I've become and what I've become as a, as a human being, you know, my hard work is paying off for other people and I'm able to give it back, you know, pay back. Exactly. But yeah. also the fact that you can share your story and yeah. say, despite the, you know, not the academic record, which it doesn't matter is what you're doing now and it's the output that you're putting out, mm. but to share it and go, well, this was my story and look where I am now is inspiring. So I would encourage people, if you are thinking about having a career change, go and speak to someone. Maybe it's not as romantic as you think it's going to be. Yeah. Start there. Yeah, I'm trying to think back on on what my on on how I set my goals. And I mean, I've been writing for years, and I've been setting goals in my head. I've been setting goals on paper because I know that that's how I'm going to achieve what I need to achieve. Um, and I didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't know what I'd be good at because I was remedial, and because I didn't, I had that insecurity inside of me, thinking, "Well, I can't write." I can't do this. All I can do is sell, you know, and my parents thought the same thing, you know, all she's going to be able to do is a secretary. Yeah, but I mean, I can't write. So how am I going to become a secretary? So what was the switching point for you? What was the, you know what? That's, it was just like, it was that fight to get what I wanted is that I went, I, I, I I fought, I I was selling advertising space for, for Caxton's. Um, which I did very well in. And then I started there. I grew in that company and did their PR, um, promotional side where I started doing a bit more creative work. And then I landed up working for a magazine called Habitat for selling advertising. Um, and then I met somebody who thought I was a great stylist. So if I look at it actually in its entirety, as I'm saying it to you, it's the people that you network with. Yes. 
and the people that you talk to, um, this magazine came to me and said to me, would I like to work for them? And I went and I worked for them, I think for two years. It was not the best time of my life, I can't lie. Um, but I learned a lot as well. I mean, in every, I th- at Caxton, I learned so much. I had a, I don't know if you, I don't know if you know John Farquhar. Did I ever mention him to you? You did. John Farquhar, for me, was this old fuddy duddy man, but boy oh boy, he knew the ins and outs of advertising. He was. He was a legend. He is a legend. Still to this day. I mean, he had that new, that magazine. What was it called? Um, I can't even remember what it was called, but he had that magazine and he started doing that magazine and he was at Caxton and he used to make my life hell on a Monday morning when we used to have status meetings. I lived on Barrel and he used to, he used to, and I was like, and five or six years later when I bumped into him after leaving Caxton, I actually said to him, you know, you've actually, you changed my life. So the people that really you don't think who change your life, that really give you the hard time are only thinking about your better. And that yeah. you should learn from them. But that's it. And it's why, whether you but work. A thought. It's a great thought. And whether you're working for someone or on your own, you have to be conscious of who you are, how you treat people, and how you show up in other people's minds. Because you never know, if you're having a conversation, you never know where it could lead. You never know who they are. And you never know down the line, is it going to come back to you? Maybe one day especially the advertising or the media world. A client mm. can become someone you're working for. I mean, it's a very small world, very small industry. So always be conscious of how you treat people. You know what? I've always had the saying is never burn a bridge because the bridge always comes back. It really can be rebuilt. And people, you, if you burn it, you can't rebuild it. But people never. do, you, you, you know, people that I've worked with, 20 years ago are back in my life. Do you know what I mean? People that I've never, that I haven't seen in 20 years and all of a sudden they've got businesses and I'm going, hi, yeah. do you need a PR agency? Hi, I'm available. Do you know what I mean? And those are what builds your relationships and your career. Completely. We had a agency, so it was TBWA. We had an agency reunion, not in a formal one, but there was a crew of about 10, 12 of us that were quite close and we stayed in touch over the years and we finally put together a drinks evening. And every single one of us, barring one, are now in our own businesses. And all we did was try to chat to each other and see, well, how can we help each other? Who, you know, who do we know? Do we have a client that can help with strategy or whatever it is? But to also maintain those relationships because, as you said, the bridges come back. Absolutely. So now for you, going from starting (laughs) to now being a business owner, having staff, do you feel that you want to pass on your knowledge? Has it been a big stepping stone for you? You know what? Every day I learn something new. And every day I say that every day is a school day for me. We've always got something to learn. And I have one or two people that I look up as mentors for me um, who, um, when I'm having a bad day, I'll either pick up the phone to or I'll go, okay, what would she or he do at this particular time and how would I handle it? Um, so yeah, looking, looking through the whole thing, I didn't think I'd be a business owner. I never thought that. I never, ever in my whole wildest dreams at 53 think that I would ever own my own business. Um, and styling concepts actually on the 1st of June is going to be a year. Uh, I'm sorry, a year, 10 years old. Listen to me, a year. Wow. Another year older. It's going to be 10 years. I started it on my own in a Amazing. little, little office. Um, 
took a bond out of my flat and t- paid the rent for a couple of months and got in some clients, you know. Uh, my rent in those days was a lot cheaper than it is now. Just saying, clients, if anybody's listening. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I suppose anything is possible if you really have the motivation to get it. And if you believe it. Because then also, as soon as, as you said, you do a lot of writing, I also do a lot of writing, time to time where I'm feeling I'm feeling a little bit off focus. I sit and I write everything that I would like to be. Not type, eh? Write. I eh? write yeah. with a good old... My big pen and paper and one of those big A4 books, keep it next to my bed. And when I feel like I just need a little bit of focus, I sit down and I write. And I can, it's my place. I have fun with it, the things that I want to do, whether they're realistic or not. And looking back, the things that I thought weren't possible, I've done now. And once you write it down, that's what's powerful. It's not about sending an email. It's not about thinking about it. Once you put it on paper, you make it real and tangible. And then you set up a challenge for yourself because now you have to become that person that's equal to that goal. Absolutely. I mean, I I write some of my goals down and I know this sounds really silly and stupid, but I do. And then if if I see it's a full moon or the moon's like quite big and bright, I take my book and I put it on my balcony and I open it on the page. (laughs) So I'm like, let the universe catch and read them. Let the moon and the the universe know what I've written down there. I I mean, I know it's, it's a, it's a, it's all in the mind, but it's, it's, it's your interpretation of, it's your visualization. That creates the positivity in your life. And even in the book, when we were interviewing these amazing women and how they've achieved success, and a lot of them said they sat and they visualized. And they visualized if they were doing a huge event or a huge presentation, who's sitting in the room, what the response was. And they they planned it in their mind of what they wanted it to be. Because then it gives you something no, to work so towards. Funny. It's a powerful tool. You know, having this conversation with you really brings, takes me back to when I started, and especially with John Farquhar. We used to go on these weekends, these like, um, educational like weekends to, on how to do, um, media plans and how to synergize and how we would do this. And in those days, it was always magazines and a, a this and a that and a little bit of TV. And I'll never forget, he put me into a group and he made me present. And I think there was about three of us in this group. And I'll never forget standing up. And it was in this place just outside by Nanda down there, out there. I remember standing up and my right leg was shaking. So literally, and I, he said to me, the first thing that he said to me is, when you present, and I couldn't present in those days. I didn't know how to. And I was mid-20s. You know, I wasn't young. I was like, yeah, I was about 27, 28. So I'd already, you, you know, achieve. worked a bit. Yeah. And I remember... Trying to, on this overhead projector, we didn't have computers uh. in those days, on this overhead projector in my hand with this pen was shaking like a leaf and everybody was like looking at me and, and I remember John saying to me, Lorraine, don't look at anybody in the eye, just look above their heads. So I was standing there and I was like looking above everybody's heads and I'm like my legs going, my hands going, but I did it. And ever since then, it was like, you know, when you've done that bungee jump, you want to do it again, you know. You want to actually go and stand up there and say, "You know what? I've done this." And, and it's I can not do it so in- scary. No. And next time, look at them in the eyes. Oh, must I? Yeah. Was John lying eye contact, to me? Eye contact. John Farquhar, I'm rest <laughs> in peace. But you lied to me. <laughs> rest <laughs> in peace. You lying. You lying. I go. Well, that's how I got through that <laughs> one. But a, now, now I'm a. I'm. I'm obviously. I'm different. You know. And I. I, I took. I still hold those those memories. 
inside of me that just like if I am nervous at any particular, and I love doing pitches, I love doing advertising pitches. I love having conversations with people now. And I remember when I was trying to get through school and struggling, all I remember saying, I want to work with people. I want to work with people. But that's an amazing insight to have had at that age. You didn't know what, but that's a skill. And Mm. what you do is relationships. Some people are, are, someone said to me the other day, they've got this amazing guy. He's brilliant. He is so good at what he does, but he should not be allowed to work with other people. So some people are the other extreme. They don't like working with people or they don't know how to. How do you, what do you do in a situation like that? I mean, how do you handle somebody like that? Press the mental pause button. (laughs) (laughs) There's lots of buttons here, but I don't know if I can press those in the studio. But what do you mean by press the mental pause button? Because sometimes in a situation, whether it be a conflict situation or a difficult conversation you have to have with someone or a tough conversation, whether it be in the work environment, whether it be in your personal life, it's the way that you approach them. And what we talk about is to say you always want to react to the outcome and not to the event. And what does that mean? So we do an exercise where we say think about what you want to be known for. And every decision you make has to be based on that. So, for example, if you go, well, I want to be dynamic and I really want to be a team player or whatever it is you want, the way you react needs to inform your decision. So I have a story that I always tell. And I had a meeting recently. It was with a charity organization that said to me, come in and can we brainstorm fundraising ideas? And I said, sure. It was raining. It was in town. There were a hundred one ways. It was very unpleasant to get there. They didn't give me good directions, but I got there. And of course, you know, me, me, I was still early and on time. And as I was walking out, the person I was meeting, as I was walking in, she was leaving. And I said, well, don't we have a meeting now? And she said, you know what? I've got such bad flu. I'm going home. And I said, what about our colleague? Oh, no, no, no. She had a meeting 10 minutes ago. It was an emergency. She's left. So in that moment, I had a choice. I could either have reacted to the event, which was the fact that she canceled, didn't bother to SMS me, call me, tell me, look, don't come. I'm not feeling well. And I literally said, what do you want to be known for? And it felt like 10 minutes, but I took a breath and I just said, let me walk you to your car. And I walked to her car and I said, I hope you feel better. I hope the emergency sorted out. Next time you'll come to my offices, good cappuccinos. But my initial reaction was I was frustrated. I'd planned. I'd made my whole morning around that meeting so I could be there, have other things to do. But I had to override it because I knew that my reputation and who I am is more important. So that's when I say press the mental pause button is going just take that breath instead of just reacting. Or especially even in things like you get a bad email or a nasty email or a snotty email or a phone call or a WhatsApp and you automatically want to respond. But the second you send that, you can never take it back. And then it's in black and white. It's in virtual space. Well, when I get upset, I go for a tattoo. <laughs> okay. I go for a run. Mine says permanent. <laughs> I literally, one of my clients left me and I actually had written trust and faith on my, on my, on my desk for months because this client, I really, we had pushed and worked so hard on it. It was a international brand. And then, um, she decided that she couldn't, that she didn't want to work with us. Um, Not that she worked with anybody else or all she did, but that didn't work out. Um, and, um, I, I was so mortified by this 
amount of work that I'd done over the, the one and a half year period. And I was like devastated and I didn't want to, and I, and she had sent me this email, which was really saying that I wasn't doing any work and I'd got them 18 million rands worth of wow. editorial exposure over a year. So it was, it was like really, and I just picked up the phone and I phoned my tattoo <laughs> car and I went, have you got an appointment for me now? And she said, Lorena, are you sure? I said, I want to come now. <laughs> oh, you got so she went, okay. Uh, I've come now at a quarter past three that afternoon. It was half past one when I got this. I ran to get a tattoo. So that's how I, I, I can react. Did you ever show the client? I've never no. seen her since and I would never show her. I don't think I'd keep it. Do you regret since. it? No. No, no, no. I always look at this now and I know that I've got faith and trust okay. in, in anything that I do. And that's about having faith and trust and, and believing that you are good at what you do. Okay. You know what I mean? So I haven't had a tattoo since because of that okay. reason. Don't <laughs> make Lorraine cross. FYI. <laughs> FYI. Don't make me angry because you're going to get, I'm going to get tattooed from head to toe. It's not a look. And I'm a nice girl looking for a man and I'm not looking for a girl. Not that girls have tattoos. No, I shouldn't say that. Listen dig to up. Me. Dig up. I'm, t- I'm sorry. Like I look at my friend Catherine who's tattooed from head to toe. Bless her soul. But yeah. Um, so yeah. And then I do sometimes react quite badly. And I think maybe that's because I, maybe one thing's my way. I don't know. My way or the highway. I don't know. But I have reacted badly. Um, to a number of people in my office, um, over the years, over the, over the years of being, of working. And I, I and, and there, there are, there are definitely, um, is it your, mm. uh, um, it's definitely, um, it's definitely something I don't like about me. It's definitely something I want to change. And I've started with a business coach a couple of months ago to actually work on those, to actually say, you know what? I'm not, I don't want to behave like that. Those behaviors are not okay. They're not right for me. I am only human and I can only just take on so much. But what's amazing is you've developed the self-awareness. And that's... Oh, you, God, you so no, but in tune. I love that. Because it's about... That's what your personal brand is. That's your reputation. That's how you start to make changes. As soon as you're self-aware because you realize, I don't like how I'm reacting. Most people never, ever get to that point. Oh. They just that is who they are and they're not interested in changing. So the fact that there is self-awareness, that is growth. And now it's the next part of how to change and deal with it and it's hard to deal with people i don't want to ever do what i've done before i mean i've broken rings i've smashed phones i've done things that i'm not proud of and 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 saying it out open on live air is quite difficult for me it's like you know because you're not proud of something of doing something like that it's not okay to do those things um but sometimes you just you just don't want to deal with it's hard because people are difficult people people yeah, I don't know. You know. I think it's a lot to do with once it's your own business and it's something you've created, you want everyone to go on that journey with you, to rally with you, to make it the best that it can be. And when you see that it's not happening, and I'm not saying specifically to you, but I'm saying for business owners, you're more passionate because it's yours. This is your baby. You started it out of your garage mm. in a small room and grown it to what it is. Mm. So when people don't share that same attitude it is frustrating and that's probably Mm. why you get so passionate about it but breaking rings is probably not your best way forward as we've discussed and breaking phones and breaking phones cost me a lot of money for that phone Mm -hmm. (laughs) i could have bought a pair of shoes what about those squeeze balls Oh, God, I'd need about 25 of this. Okay. <laughs> Maybe I need to get one of those ones at the gym and just... <laughs> 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 
Hang on. You one of those big balls called? Medicine. No, not the medicine no, ball. The Pilates balls. The Pilates balls. Maybe I should stick one of those in my office. It's like jump on it or squeeze it or something. Or get a matching bat and you can just... Yeah, whack just it. whack it. But you know what? I mean, those are things that I want to work on and I will. And people will work on that. But let's take, let's take an, a, a person who's in an average job, um, who wants to grow. How, what are your recommendations? How do you think that they should sit down and go, well, I want to change jobs? How do, how do they do that? First, so firstly, if before they want to change jobs, would you say they want to grow? It's about you creating visibility for yourself because no company is going to do that for you. So that's why you've almost got to approach the attitude of saying, well, even though I'm salaried, I'm my own entrepreneur because I'm running my little own business. Laurie is, you know, I'm business Laurie. And in that, start asking for more. Start taking on more. There's an amazing book by Napoleon Hill, and he said, do more than you're being paid for and start asking for more responsibility. That's how you get noticed. Take things that are not the great jobs. Maybe they're a bit average. Turn it into something amazing. So start getting recognized. Mm. Start getting noticed. Because And also in a meeting, don't just sit there in the corner being quiet. Put up your hand. Contribute. Have an opinion. Because if you don't, all that happens is you become known as the quiet one. Mm. Uh, she's just the one that takes the notes. She doesn't say anything. She takes the notes or he or whoever it is you know, sitting in the meeting. Mm. I always say that to my guys. You know, if you don't contribute and you don't speak up, we're never going to know what's in your mind. I mean, no, we no, had no. we had our status meeting this morning, like we have every Tuesday, and one of the guys said the most, gave us the most incredible idea. She said, "Oh, it might be arbitrary, but you know, it it doesn't matter. It's not arbitrary. It's about speaking out." And it was a brilliant idea, and we got to try and see if we can implement it. And the best, and those are the things that what it is what counts. And it's not about being arbitrary. If you make a mistake, that's fine. If you make a mistake twice. We have a problem. Learn the lesson. There's nothing wrong yeah. with making a mistake. And then back to your other question about what happens now if you want to change roles. Go and sit down with your boss. Don't assume anything. Don't assume they're going to get angry. Don't assume they're going to fire you. Go and sit down and say, you know what? I love where I am, but I really feel that this role would be appeal to me more. Can we see what we can do? And they probably will nine times out of ten. They'll because make then a plan. They know, because if you like what you're doing, you'll do a better job at it. You'll do a better job and they want to retain you because no. for them to find someone else to train and also to make an assumption that, oh, you know, it's not going to happen here. Have the conversation. Mm. You never know what will happen. There could be a role. They could be looking for something. You ne So always have the courage to ask because you never know what will happen. And we always say what stops you from asking is fear and what is fear false evidence appearing real because it's fear not, is living in the future and it's living, living in the future, future is not where you should be. You should be in the moment. And it's the fear of the discomfort Absolutely. of the conversation, not it's the emotion behind it, not the actual conversation. So sit down, be transparent Yeah. because if you leave honesty and being real, be real and be honest, be authentic yeah. because if you leave and they say, well, why did you leave? And they go, well, I really wanted to get into marketing. They could have turned around and go, well, you know, there's an open position we're looking now. It's mm. too late. So you never know. So just be transparent. And you know what? Businesses grow and positions become available if you make them available. Do you know what I mean? You could, as your own person, if there was a situation like with me, I was a PR press office and now I'm doing social media. So I, I created a position in my business because I have to go with the times. I mean, yes. 10 years ago, 
It was me and somebody else, just one other person where we're packing boxes and sending out stock to magazines. Now we've turned into a 360 agency of doing marketing, social media, PR, and, and with all the team putting it together, that's what we've become. Amazing. And it hasn't become from me. It's not from me. It's from the people that have worked for me that have done this. Not, not me. You know, I've guided them as much as I possibly can and, and, and seen the vision of what I want to see my businesses come to. And that's what's made the growth. And I hope that people can see that in themselves. Do you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Am it, I saying something that's... No, it does. I'm looking at myself and thinking, is this making... Yeah, no, right. it does make sense. And also, that's why I say create visibility for yourself. If you've got an amazing idea, go to your colleagues, go to your boss, say, you know what, there's this great idea. Put together a proposal. Say, this is how I think it can work. Can I take this project? Can I run with it? This is how I think we should do it. And they'll sit down and maybe they make some tweaks, but they'll probably go, that's amazing. And that's what a boss wants. They want someone that's going to take initiative and have the attitude of how can we grow? How can we make this better? Now, I keep saying to my guys, let's make this better. Let's do this better. Let's do this better. Let's do this better. And um, you know what? Um, it's important for them to come to me too. It's their careers that they, and, and I'm very much the type of person, you know, work with me for a couple of years. If you grow and you want to find something else, off you go. You must go, you've, we've all got to grow. I've had people going to live in London, people doing brand exercises and uh, brand courses in Italy. I've had yeah. people who have gone on to be marketing. People have actually, one girl that was really my right hand person has just left and started her own PR company. Ouch. Good luck. Yeah. Ouch. Sore. Hard. Horrible. But you know what? We've all got to grow. I would have done the same thing if I was in her position. That's an amazing, that's very big. That's Thank an amazing, you. no, but that is, it's it took an amazing a long time attitude. For me. Yeah, it, it took me a long time to do that, but I would have done the same thing. I was, at, I was working for a company and I realized I'm doing this particular, having a press office for this company. Why should I do it for them when I can do it for myself? Yeah. And nine months later, I left and started it on my own. So that's just, you know, you've got to, you've got to have those attitudes. Otherwise you're, you're going to spend the rest of your life being in a job. Well, exactly. And that's why I say, even if you are in a job, take the stuff, whether it's, I was, I was doing a talk to students at UJ a few weeks ago and someone stood up and asked me a question and he said, well, it's my first job, but there's some things I love and there's some things I don't love. What should I do? And I said, you take the stuff that you love and you treat it and give it as much passion, the stuff that you don't love, because there's always going to be when you're learning, there's the groundwork and you don't love everything you do. And one day you'll get to a point where you get to choose, but you make sure you do everything. Everything with a hundred percent because that's how you get noticed no, and that's I hate how you writing grow. and I just have to do it. It's one of the things I have to do. I mean I remember when I was a stylist and I think I shared this story with you is it was just, Oh, it's so glamorous to be a stylist. You're travelling all over the world, you with all these models and photographers and makeup. I said, Yeah, it's fabulous. You go to these fabulous hotels and um I was up at three o'clock in the morning cleaning a beach. <laughs> It was not the most pleasant thing. I literally was picking up seaweed off the beach to make sure that the beach was clean for the shoot. I mean, it, wow. there's a lot of work that goes behind it, and I didn't like that. It was horrible. I mean, I, there was getting the props, going to get all the stuff. There's things in my job still to this day that I hate, but I've got to do it. It's part Otherwise, of it. We're never going to succeed. And I believe Duncan is pulling fingers at me and he's going, uh, it's time to end. And there's 45 minutes. Wow, of, it goes quick. It goes so fast. And there are probably 5 million other questions I could have asked you. And, and I can't, uh, we've all got, got both got notes in front of us. Did we talk about everything? Not 
Exactly. We left out balance, but we'll save that for next time. Yes, we can do another show and we'll talk about balance and we'll talk about, um, um, balancing your life with your, your business life and your personal life. And I'd just like to say to the Cliff Central team, thank you so much for always having me on board and f- miss my family. That's why I always come through to do a show or two every so often. And thank uh, you from, for letting me join you oh, today. I forgot about you. It's an Hi. absolute pleasure. <laughs> you sound little there. You know what? It's a pleasure having you here and I could Thank talk you. to you for hours. And our first meeting last week was, I could have carried on forever. You're such an interesting woman and Thank I wish you. you so much success and happiness and yeah, growing to the ends of the earth. Thank you. And you. Thank you. <laughs> and we are going to start. We're going to end off with what music? What are we going to do? Dunks? Let's talk. Duncan. Uh, because of the local quota, 90% local music, I'll play you El Tido. Yay. Zalagayona. Kunjani, Sia Pila. Cool. Kunjani. Come on, everybody, take care. Cliffcentral.com. Cliffcentral. The revolution. I've got something important to tell you. Cliffcentral.com.